0: Hello and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Erb. My guest for this first episode of our new series on behaviour management is teacher, education consultant and author Dr Bill Rogers, an honorary fellow of Melbourne University He shares his expertise on behaviour management, effective teaching, stress management, colleague support and teacher welfare around the globe through lectures, seminars, professional development courses and of course with teachers in the classroom.
1: Bill Rogers, welcome to Teacher Magazine. In your books, you've talked uh, quite a bit about building a positive classroom environment. um, And within that, you said the first phase of that is actually establishing a new class. So what are the things that teachers should be doing in those early days and weeks, if you like, in terms of setting the tone?
2: Well, the establishment phase is is basically the first meeting with a new class. Even if you knew some of those students from the previous years, there's Mm -hmm. still a psychological readiness and A kind of a developmental readiness in the students to make for us to make clear to them what this time will be like for them and they, they they know that teachers establish routines and rules so they're expecting that and they're also getting to know their teachers as we're getting to know them of course so we're establishing not just our leadership but an emerging relationship with the with the students as well and that beginning of trust that's essential for teachers working with students. And there are at least three um, essential aspects of that establishment phase we have to get as right as we can. Mm-hmm. And the first one is those core routines, and they cover everything from the way we enter the class, so that you know, coming from a restless, busy playground environment where there's a lot of noise and movement into a quieter, calmer um, setting. So even that movement, that transition between, if you like, social time and class time is crucial. And teachers who establish positive routines in, in these areas will find a kind of a smooth running developing in those critical first weeks. And that includes um, issues like how we establish whole-class focus and attention uh, seating arrangements, uh, noise level in the room, and the volume of noise with 25 students plus their teacher in a small space, um, right through to keeping the place reasonably tidy and organized and monitor systems, uh, right through to lesson closure and the way we leave the room. So those routines are essential. And the other area that's crucial is to establish an agreement with the students, a student behaviour agreement and understanding about the way that we behave uh, in this learning space. And they, most teachers cover three crucial areas. Uh, the right to feel safe, um, not just physically but psychologically safe, uh, and what that means. The right to fundamental respect and fair treatment of one another. And obviously the right to learn without undue and unreasonable distraction from other students and so what a learning community ought to feel like. And most teachers call that something like a student behavioural agreement or um, uh, rights and responsibilities or even positive classroom rules that the terms cover those understandings of safety, respect and learning. And lastly, of course, our leadership um, is coming across by default or by design, and we try to we try to establish that um, that leadership uh, consciously and, and with an awareness that we're beginning a journey with our students. So the quality of our leadership is essential to think about uh, in that establishment phase as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, just to pick you up on something you mentioned earlier and, and just expand on that, you mentioned about um, linking it to the areas such as, you know, the right to feel safe, the right to learn. Is it important then when you're doing your, uh, this, this contract or whatever you want to call it, rules, whatever, uh, that you you explicitly link those things rather than just saying what the rules are going to be but not making those explicit links? Is that a really key part of it? It,
2: it is important to make those explicit, even with um, secondary age students, mm-hmm. to, explicitly explore with them in that critical first meeting what the right to feel safe involves Um, in in a sense the right to feel safe and the right to learn and the right to fundamental respect and fair treatment those rights are not negotiable you don't begin the year by saying to older children or even upper primary children what rights do you think you have Mm You begin by coming from those rights and discussing within those rights what a safe environment looks, sounds, and feels like, what a respectful respectful environment looks, sounds, and feels like, and what it feels and sounds like to have a learning environment where we support one another. And that includes everything from noise level to um, reasonable sharing during class discussion and even allowing healthy disagreement, but also pointing out that in class discussions, that disagreement has to be conducted uh, respectfully so that if you disagree with one another about something we're sharing, you give reasons for that. You don't simply um, mouth off at another student because you disagree with them. So these understandings come from a core base that's non-negotiable, the right to feel safe and the right to respect and the right to learn are the basis on which teachers build this uh, agreement. We wouldn't really call it a contract, but we would use phrases like a student behavior agreement or uh, an understanding of rights and responsibilities depending on the age of the children. And most teachers publish that in a user-friendly form with, say, some large posters on the front of the room. We all have a right to respect. If we are going to enjoy this respect, we understand that we, and then list down the behaviors that we've discussed together. The same with the right to learn um to learn well here and enjoy that right we get to class on time we have relevant materials um during class discussion we put our hand up uh, and wait our turn if we disagree we disagree respectfully so we begin with the right and then look at the basic behaviors that ought to express that right within the in an age-appropriate way
1: Right. Now another thing that educators spend quite a bit of time thinking about during the holidays, in the big summer holidays and in the lead up to the school year, that's the physical classroom layout. So seating plans then how can they how can that physical environment support your behaviour management strategies and should ex- educators be experimenting with seating plans or do you just need to sort of pick one and go with it?
2: I, I think that the main thing about seating plans is that they need to be age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um if we're stuck with the physical furniture we've got, we then have to think about, you know, and the chairs can be quite physically hard, and obviously you've got the desks that the school's purchased. Um, in discussing with our colleagues in in our teams, we we look at the layout according to the needs of the students, and you know, how can they move, what are we using the seating arrangements for, particularly in um, classes like food technology, and uh, science classrooms where the physical seating has to be arranged according to what we do in those spaces, um, but the so the physical seating can be arranged. That's that's not a difficult position with what we've actually been given in terms of the equipment, uh, the the seating and, chair and tables and chairs themselves. But in terms of who sits with whom. Mm-hmm it probably is not helpful unless you've got a very, very cooperative class and you know that beforehand to simply let the students sit where they want. Uh, if a teacher says on their first day, uh, hi guys, sit where you want, what can happen is that the the kids who think they're particularly cool, uh, the more narcissistically inclined kids will probably want to sit with their best friends and that can often ease out or exclude uh, the less confident students, and so you get a group of cool kids sitting together who may not be that uh, may not be the best arrangement for the actual learning of those kids just because they're sitting with their best friends. So, I think it's important that the teacher has a seating plan, and they decide that plan on their understanding of the students within their team, and they can modify that seating plan as time goes on and have friendship group groupings only on particular occasions because kids have got plenty of time to play with their best friends outside of classroom time, and we need to make that clear to them that this is not merely a, a place where we sit with our friends uh, during classroom teaching and learning time.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you if you go into a staff room then uh, uh, and you ask for advice on what kind of turn you need to set with a new class in relation to discipline, I, I'd guarantee probably you'll you'll hear somebody say, right, you need to start hard and then you can ease off later if you need to do. What would you say to that kind of advice? Yeah, I,
2: I remember years ago when I first started teaching, there used to be a phrase that teachers would sometimes hear, um, you know, don't smile until Easter, which is <laughs> absurd, really. Uh, we have to build a relationship. Teaching is a relational, dynamic um, journey with your students. It's not simply... A little learning factory, and whether we like it or not, uh, the relationship we build will be there whatever, for good, bad, or, or or you know or worse. And we have to establish a relationship with our children. So the balance between appropriate leadership, including um, behavior management, and also um, building a positive working relationship with students. is is a balance that teachers work with all the time and it's possible to be appropriately firm where we need to be with students particularly when there's distracting and disruptive behavior but also respectful and positive with students and that comes down very much to consciously thinking about our language uh we're not there as a teacher leader simply to want to be liked by our students, We're there in a professional role, but that role involves a relationship and getting that balance between the teacher leadership role and the necessities of leadership and management is not an easy one, but it is one within which that creative tension can be balanced by positive, respectful language, um, avoiding unnecessary confrontation when you're managing behavior, and also not easily buying into um, some of the behaviors that children exhibit like sulking and pouting and um, argumentation and so on. Mm -hmm. And so my colleagues and I put a lot of thought into what we call the language of behavior management and the language of discipline so that we can um, get that reasonably uh, creative tension between leadership and relationship establish in those critical first few weeks. Uh, just to give you a simple example, um, when we're helping the classes settle down, particularly more restless students, we don't ask the students, you know, would you please be quiet? Can you please stop talking? Will you face the front and listen? It's not a request. And if you watch a respectful, but positive um, and confident leader, they'll be saying things like, all right, settling down everyone, looking this way and listening, thanks. And if students are talking, they won't say, why are you talking? They'll say things like, a number of students are still chatting. You do need to be facing this while i listening. Thank you. And they won't actually say good morning to their class or good afternoon and begin the learning um, activity until there's uh, a relaxed listening by the students and they're actually facing the front. I've seen students um, with their backs to their teachers and the teachers trying to talk through or to Their backs rather than saying you need to be turning around, thank you, and facing this way and listening. If the kids are calling out, you'll see a confident teacher saying, A number of students are calling out. Remember, uh, it's hands up, thank you, without calling out. And they won't actually take questions until the class is settled and focused. And even the deceptively um, fundamental issue of establishing classroom attention and focus needs to be planned for it can't simply um, arise from goodwill and and hopeful expectation we need to think about the language we use when we're helping classes to uh, settle and attend to you know the learning experiences in that small space
1: mm-hmm. so this is all about laying ground out right for the future isn't it as well uh, how long is that we've talked about the establishment phase how how long is that phase does it need to be a term a half term so, you know uh, some things need to be done within a few
2: days we've got a 4 a term um, year in victoria so that's 10 weeks most teachers if they uh, plan for that establishment phase with positive call routines thoughtful behavior expectations published in a user-friendly and age-appropriate way and positively you know not don't call out or don't talk while the teacher's talking but positively you know, hands up without calling out rather than don't call out, mm-hmm. um, facing the front of rather than don't talk while the teacher's trying to teach. Uh, when a teacher establishes these um, arrangements and understandings, within about three to four weeks, most teachers have got a reasonably um, expectant group of students. And certainly by uh, halfway through term one, there is that sense of, emerging cohesion that's been built and established by the teacher's conscious planning in those critical first few weeks. I mean, right from day one, the more distracting and disruptive students who tend to be attentionally uh, insecure do need um, a fair bit of guidance from their teachers about um, their behavior, both in the public sphere of the classroom itself. And also following up with students one-to-one who've been particularly difficult in those first few lessons. And again, there's plenty of um, very clear research that effective and positive teachers follow up with students one-to-one away from their audience where they're able to have those behavior conversations respectfully about the way in which that student has affected the rights of others in the room. And... It might even be, even on the first few days, that the teacher will be following up with one or two students who are the more insecure, potentially insecure students. And that balance between the public uh, behaviour leadership and the private uh, behaviour conversations are crucial in those first few weeks. And even that is part of building relationships with those more challenging students.
1: Mm-hmm. Finally then, and we'll, we'll let you go because you're, you're a busy man, now, um, do you have any further of encouragement, if you like, for educators as they head into this new school year? I'm thinking particularly for those that are just starting out in the profession, they've, they've just graduated and they might be a little bit concerned about this aspect of the role.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's really, really important for um, teachers to, particularly beginning teachers, to be willing to ask questions and seek the support of their colleagues and most teachers are very willing, um, based on their own experiences of being a beginning teacher, to give that colleague support, both the moral support that we all need, that professional support, that um, discussion where we sit down and, and chew things over and, and start to share our concerns, and also the maybe even some visitation into one another's classrooms to see um a range of practice, hopefully good practice, uh, from their from their colleagues. So it really is important not to hold things in and and think that you're the only one that's struggling, uh, because there are natural struggles in our profession, particularly if we're in more challenging schools. So it's crucial in those first few weeks if things are not working out as well as you'd hoped, and you know that. Um, you know that there are issues with individual students or even the whole class that are not working well it's absolutely crucial to ask uh your colleagues for support both that um, moral support but also that practical support and guidance and sometimes that might even mean um, teachers working together sometimes with more difficult classes and hopefully of course um Beginning teachers won't be given particularly difficult classes to start with. Let's hope there's a reasonable balance there. Uh, It sometimes can happen that beginning teachers might be given the more difficult students, which is unfair. And if they think that's uh, been happening to them, again, it's really important to make their case to their their leadership uh, team uh, to ask for that support to help them to deal with that situation. So, colleague support, I think, is, is crucial in the beginning uh, part of the year, and also many, many, um, many, many schools plan well for that critical establishment phase. So, it's not as if beginning teachers are going in um, unprepared or blind, if you like. Many, many schools now do plan for that phase, so that teachers are more prepared. And preparation, of course, is, is crucial to those beginning relationships with that natural anxiety that we all have with a new class
1: that's fantastic it's been uh, brilliant speaking to you today thank you for your time and uh, uh, have a successful 2017 it'd be great to catch up with you again uh, at some point during the year but uh, in the meantime Bill Rogers thanks very much for sharing your expertise with
0: teacher
2: you're most welcome and I wish um, my colleagues all the best for a fresh new year with their students Uh, Whoever happens to listen to this and read, um, I wish you all the best for your teaching journey this year.
0: You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine. Check out the full podcast transcript and related reading, including a three-part series on behaviour management and classroom discipline by Dr Bill Rogers at www.teachermagazine.com.au. To download all of our podcasts for free, head to acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com
2: forward slash teacher hyphen acer.